0: So are you a little bit worried that your website's kind of bland as photographers? It can be super easy to just skip the copywriting and focus on images online, but words can be really powerful. And we all know catchy copy does convert. So if you need help with your writing, you're going to love today's interview.
1: Hello, and welcome to the show. I'm Kirsten McConnell. And I'm Caitlin J. McColl. And welcome to season 11, episode five of the Pet Photographers Podcast. Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick arse business strategies. Now, on to the show guest today is Alison Hockley from Alison Rightly, a kick-ass copywriter who helps fellow creatives polish boring words into copy gems. She's a knack for writing copy that's both engaging for your audience and loved by Google, a balance that we are all in need of finding. Thank you so much for joining us today, Alison, and welcome to the Pear Photographers
2: Club. Hi, thank you for having me. It's um, very exciting to be here and, um, you know, love dogs, so in the right place.
1: Definitely. Give us a little bit of insight into your story and how it is that you've ended up helping out fellow creatives with
2: their copy. So I've been a photographer for 25 years, maybe a little bit longer. I'm a little bit old now. Worked in photo labs, eventually started doing weddings. I've always been a bit of a word nerd and it just kind of morphed together. And still doing weddings but also juggling copywriting for clients as well. Most of my clients are photographers because, yeah, as you said, photographers focus mainly on all the pretty pictures and they're often not so great with the words and the content and the SEO side of things. So I help them hopefully rank better on Google.
1: So what sort of advice do you have for the listener if they are going to try doing it themselves and they're not working with a professional copyright at the moment for making sure that their copy is both easy to read and engaging, but that it still helps them uh, rank
2: yeah, so basically, when it comes to writing, you need to write for humans first and Google second. You know, a lot of people they they try and they they write like we were taught in school. You know, we don't use contractions, we use proper words, we don't use slang, correct English. But the fact is, when you're talking to people, you don't talk like that. You say, "Oh, that's awesome! It's fantastic! Oh, that'd be great!" You know, you don't say, "Hello, my name is Allison and I am a copywriter." You'll go, "Hey there, I'm Allison. I'm a copywriter." You know, you need to write like you talk, you know, otherwise people are just going to zone out because you sound like a robot in your, in your words on your website. So it's always writing for humans first, Google second, use conversational language. Slang is okay. I mean, some people even swear. I'm not a swearer online, but um, in person, yes, but not, not when I write, but some people that's how they talk. That's how they talk online on their website. It's, it's all about having a bit of personality in your copy as well also breaking it down into chunks to make it easier to read. Mm
1: -hmm. So how do you find Alison, the balance, like you mentioned, you know, some people swear, I don't swear online. I do it in real life. How do you find that balance between like what's acceptable and conversational for you and your business and what's not professional?
2: Well, I guess you can be professional and still use language that you wouldn't typically use, I guess. It all depends on your business. Like if you're a, if you're a big company, you would have a professional language on your website. You wouldn't be joking around if, you, if you're selling tiles to people or whatever. But when you're a photographer doing a personal service, you can often just joke around and, you know, engage people. It depends on who your audience is. So you need to know your audience in order to know how to speak to them.
1: That leads on very well, actually, to um, another question I had, Alison, about knowing your audience or more to the point, like knowing what language appeals to your audience um, was kind of my next question, which is kind of in there with you there. So... Okay. Where do you start then? Like, let's say you have an ideal client. You already know who your ideal client is. Any of the listeners to our podcast would have heard us talk about that a few times before now, but then like, how do you know what words appeal to them? Where the line is? Like, is there any kind of like tips you can do to find out how they would write and how they would accept for you to write?
2: I think your ideal client is pretty much based on, on your own personality. I had a copywriting client, and he, he's a hipster, so, you know, he swears all the time. And when I did writing for him, like, I, I didn't use swear words. If he wanted to put them in, that's his thing. Like, he talks about it being effing awesome. And so there'll be words that he will use, and I will, you know, send him, like, a questionnaire and say, right, how do you describe things that you're excited about? And he, he'd list a whole list of words, you know, like, rad and awesome. And you weave those into the copy that you write for him because you when you get a copywriter, the trick is to get them to sound like you you don't want them to sound like somebody else because then when people meet you they're going to go wow you didn't sound like that on your website
0: so when we're writing for our websites do we want to be trying to sound like our ideal clients or it's okay to just sound like ourselves and hope that we're attracting people who also talk like that
2: yeah, absolutely. Um, you want to sound like yourself, but it's also like if you have someone call you up on the phone, you're going to want to talk to them like you would on the phone. The point of having personality in your copy on your website is so that if there's five photographers in your area, all the work's amazing, all the pricing is the same, how are they going to choose who to pick? You know, And if all your words on your website are basically the same generic vanilla Welcome to my website. I'm a I'm a pet photographer in Brisbane and blah blah blah. If it's all the same, what's gonna make them choose you over everyone else? So that's where it comes into adding personality into your copy. So on both my websites, my photography website and my copywriting website, everyone knows that I love dancing in my kitchen. I love red wine. I'm a photographer. I love dogs. I'm dog crazy. And I've actually had people book me for a family photo session going, I see you love dogs. I have three dogs. I want a family session. Can we bring the dogs? You know, And, and that's the only thing that might've pushed them over from the next person.
0: You had me sold on the Harry Potter references. So <laughs> everyone on Alison's About page, she's got it and it's good inspiration here if you want to read someone who's, you know, putting that personality into describing what they do. But I love your sort of little extra bits about what you're into in your life and the obsession with Harry Potter world. She goes, "I confess I cried when I visited Harry Potter world in London." I also cried when I visited Harry Potter world. So I'm like, "Yes!" I get this woman. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so having little bits of that extra bit of personality sprinkled throughout your website, I feel like the about page is kind of the beginner's place of introducing personality and I I imagine the listener has already probably heard that before um you know you you got to do something a little bit different for your bio so I'm interested to maybe go a little bit deeper with you Allison and see where else on a pet photographer's website could we be Kicking it up a notch,
2: yeah. I think everywhere you can have your personality sprinkled in there. Like your about page is your second most visited page on your website, particularly with service-based industries. People want to know, and and with photography, you know, they're going to be spending time with you. You're going to be photographing their dogs or their childrens, or, or spending the day at their wedding. They're going to want to know if they're going to like you because you're going to be spending time with them. So they will go to your about page, and you know. You don't have to go, hi, I'm Alison, I'm a wife and mother of two children and blah, blah, blah. You can put it into a story, you know, like I don't actually, I don't think I say I have two kids. I think I've just said my kids, you know, were embarrassed when I cried at Harry Potter World or or something like that. Like you can drop those bits of information into a story. You don't have to make it a dot point list of everything that you have or that you do. So Allison,
1: how do you kind of link that,
2: you know, talking about
1: yourself into making it also about the client or are you of the mind that that doesn't really matter? You can have parts that are about you, parts that are about your client throughout the website, rather than
2: always trying to make it client
1: focus where, you know, they're the hero or, or whatever.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So your about page is about you, but it's really about the client and how they're going to like you pretty much your about page for example is where you have points of interest so imagine if you had a dating profile you know and that's where you would put your story on there and that's how people will choose who they want to go on a date with because they'll go oh she likes red wine i got two stuffies oh we'll get on fine you know so it's it's about having those things on your website that people go oh she's my kind of person. She loves dogs. She loves wine. She loves dancing. We'd get on great. And then, you know, if they think they like you, they're going to feel good spending money with you as well. So it, it's about relating to your client and winning them over and making them feel good about investing and spending money with you. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I was just wondering like, if you need to like, lead it on more, I don't know, we had another guest recently and it's just interesting to hear kind of your perspective versus his, his uh, websites are based on the story brand framework. And it sounds like you're also kind of looking at doing that method as well, a little bit where you're wanting to build that trust, etc. Um, but maybe just in a slightly different way. So his philosophy was well, all the story brand one, I guess, if for the listener who might not be familiar is to basically like mention a tiny bit about yourself and then relate it straight away to the client and you're are you suggesting almost the opposite Alison like it's your about page it's okay people are going there to learn about you so write about you and then at the very end make them feel like it's also
2: them Yeah, so the brand story is your client is the hero and you're the one that's going to help them solve a problem. And that's not necessarily for the about page. The about page is just sort of where people get to know you and um, know your story. You can, you know, show your credentials and they can relate to you and get to know you on your website, kind of thing.
0: I feel like that is a bit more of a natural about page as well. Like I felt like if you're going to a website and you click on the about page and it's still just all about me as the client, then I get a little bit like, okay, but seriously, I seriously want to know a little bit about you. Like it doesn't always have to, it gets a little salesy. I think when everything on the website is just about turning it around to the client, to the client. And then sometimes you actually do, you know, want to know who you're hiring. So I, I do prefer that approach. So do you have any tips? I know we sort of mentioned this before, but any tips when getting inside your ideal client's, head and sort of working out what language would appeal to them or you just fully reckon talk how you talk and don't worry too much about
2: it? Yeah, I think just conversational language every time. Um, you know, obviously you can tone it down a little bit, so you might not have your homepage like really conversational and friendly and out there, but, you know, when you write a blog, I mean you can write however you want on a blog because it's a blog. It's a, a complete conversational um you know, article. And when you blog, you've got to be answering a question. You've either got to be informational, educational, or helping your client or anyone solve a problem that, you know, they might be searching for.
0: Do you find that there's a big difference in your writing between, say, your website main pages, your social media, and your blogging?
2: For me, not really, but probably for clients, yes. Social media, people like stories. The better the story, the more interaction you get. You know, obviously you have to post some things where it's just like a little preview of someone's wedding and it's it's really hard to get a story into every social media post and I find it a bit of a grind, to be honest. But, yeah, blogs blogs are pretty much free for all. You can write anything you like.
1: Yeah, I mean that totally makes sense, right? I mean, the social media post is just going to be gone in you know a few minutes, basically. <laughs> these days, your blog post is going to be gone in a few days, but if it's SEOed well, etc., then. People can still find it years later. Your website is basically always going to stay the same. So it makes sense that, you know, there's a little bit of a difference between the three, but it should also still sound like it's been written by the same person, Um, shouldn't it? So that makes sense. Alison, just back to the language thing, since that's like your expertise, I heard recently somebody saying, and it really appealed to me like, if your website expresses, like, you know, you as this cool hipster character, but then you arrive at the photo shoot and maybe it was you saying it anyway, you arrive at the photo shoot and you're not this, Hipster kind of person, you said like uh, I don't know some other very different type of personality. It's a real mismatch, and it doesn't make sense for the client. Like they'll be confused, maybe not even understanding why they're confused, and that really resonated with me. But on the other hand, like I know you've been pushing like and and suggesting strongly that your website should sound like you, which totally agree. But if your ideal client is not you, and we do have a few or a lot, actually, I would say a lot of pet photographers would have this as the case more so maybe than wedding photographers, maybe. Like I know a lot of my clients, pet photography clients were not like me. They didn't speak like me when I'm with my friends, but... I can adapt. And so when I was around them, most, like depending on the client, I would have to kind of rein in my language, speak like I was back at grammar school, et cetera. Um, and so my website was like a bit of a mix between those two.
0: So you're basically saying, Kirst, if your ideal client's a bit posher. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> no, no, I, I was a long way around trying to say, <laughs> how can I learn how my clients want me to speak basically in real life as well as on the website and every other place I'm putting my copy. Is there any like tips for that?
2: I don't know about changing your language in real life. Um, I mean, I have clients of all walks as well. You know, like I have, I've had this surge in people wanting photos for their 70th birthdays and they're having the family together. So, you know, I'm dealing with 70 year old people and people with brand new babies and people with weddings and then people who want, I had an unboring family promotion where people want crazy family photos that just show them having fun. So I'm kind of all over the place. But at the end of the day, people want someone who's friendly So it doesn't matter how you speak. If you sound friendly on your homepage, if you're just going, hey there, I'm Alison, I'm a fun Brisbane family photographer, I'd love to capture some photos for you, you know, da-da-da, you're still friendly. So everyone likes friendly. Whether you speak a certain way when you're with them in person is you just have to gauge the situation. But, you know, at the end of the day, everybody likes someone who's friendly. They don't want someone who sounds, you know, if your homepage is just stuffy and boring and just like it sends you into a mini coma after reading the first paragraph, you're not really going to generate much interest. But you're still solving a problem for your client who's come to you looking for family photos. And then you just want to engage them with fun conversational language as well.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So you can be like a little bit more neutral as long as it's still friendly. I mean, it's not boring because it's still friendly and it's still conversational, but it's a little bit more neutral than trying to be, you know, over over the top with
2: your... Yeah, you don't have to be over the top and you can still drop little nuggets of, of your personality in there, like your likes and dislikes and things like that. And they're just little elements that people can relate to and, you know, go, oh, I, I totally don't like, you know, tea either. It's awful. Who would drink tea, you know? And it's just another area to relate to a photographer on.
1: Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I just was pushing this question because earlier you mentioned that with one of your copywriting clients, you asked them like questions to get their personality from them. You know, like you said,
2: um, how would you, what what was the question? How do you describe something that you're excited about? You know, because people have their own language.
1: Yeah. And so I was wondering if there's something that you do to pick up on your clients' languages. It's a similar kind of exercise without asking them, you know, (laughs) like, uh, do you read what they write in reviews or do you just listen to how they speak when they come to you or anything like that, that then you can reflect back into your own writing? As in my photography clients or my copywriting clients? Sorry, yes. For your own photography website, like is that something or for our photography websites, you know, if we're wanting to write a little bit differently, then we would speak if we we're hanging out with our friends. Could we kind of imitate our client's language, I guess?
2: I basically write to attract the people that I want to attract. So I want people that are pretty fun, easygoing, outgoing, like a bit of banter, so I write for that, that they're the people I want to attract. I don't sort of try and bend my language or personality to attract other people because they're not really my client.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, Um, especially with photography being such a personal experience. I can see that that sort of relationship goes both ways. So you're just going to get better photos if there's a, a, not necessarily personality match, but at least if you can both work together and you're on a similar sort of page. Speaking of your photography website, I'm on there now and I can see that there's just a really beautiful, I guess, storytelling aspect to the way that you've set everything out. Like that's, as you said before, you don't need to just write dot points. I've got five kids, blah, blah, blah. Everything's written with that sort of a, a, a narrative, a storytelling. I'd love to know a little bit more of your insight into why you've laid that out. I guess it feels these days like everything's 150 characters and you got to get the point across ASAP or they're just going to click off blah, blah, blah. So it's really refreshing to see someone taking the time to sort of lead us through what the experience might be and describe it in this beautiful storytelling way. But yeah, I'd love to get a bit more of your insight into that approach.
2: Yeah, well, to be honest, my homepage is very wordy. (laughs) And I do need to revisit that. But I rank on page one for my homepage and all my services pages for different keywords. So I'm not really in a rush to change it because I'm still ranking on page one. Um, Some of them I'm in number one. So it's, you know, I don't really want to change it if it's not broken but it is wordy so that's why I've, I've sort of broken my home page into sections so there's like the beginning and then there's the bit about the family why you need a professional wedding photographer why you need a wedding photographer who's your friend like the, it, it's all in little readable chunks so if people don't want to read it all they can just sort of scroll through and read the bits that they're interested in. But I guess it's the same as anything. Like people like stories, but they like stories that are told well and interesting and funny and humorous. Yeah. It's the same as anything, you know, you read an article and it's just a news article. People just skim to the first bit and read the basics. But if it's a really good, funny story, then people will read it because you want people to be entertained on your website and it, and it, you know, keeps them there a bit longer and helps you bounce. Right.
0: Right. I can hear the listener right now going, but Alison, I'm a photographer. I'm not a writer. So how do we jump into telling a bit more of a story on our website when it can be quite overwhelming, the idea of, of writing do you have tips on getting started there?
2: The worst thing about writing is it's hard to write for yourself. Like I hate writing about myself and I had a friend look over my about page and my home page and all that kind of stuff because I was like, God, you know, you you feel like a real idiot writing about yourself and saying how awesome you are and you're so fun and everybody loves hanging out with me. But if that's what you want people to think, if you want people to think that you're fun, you need to sound fun so you don't have to say you're fun, if you know what I mean.
0: Yes. I really like that point that you've mentioned. If you like, you don't have to say I've got five kids. God, who has five kids? But I've got two kids. I suppose some people have five.
1: Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, Caitlin is adapting to having one kid.
0: (laughs) I know. Like, why would you have five? Um, No, Uh, you don't have to say the facts. You can just weave them in. You don't have to say, I'm a fun
2: photographer.
1: Weave it into the story
2: yeah don't tell people show them
1: and I can see that you're doing that Alison like when you mention I think you've mentioned a few times at least on your copy website that um you know, you love drinking red wine and you're, you'll you be dancing in your kitchen. And, I mean, I relate to that because we dance, dance in our kitchen drinking red wine, like, daily, basically. <laughs> um, and so, straight away, I was like, oh, she sounds fun, you know. So, it totally makes sense. Exactly. You didn't have to say, I'm Alison and I'm fun. Well, that sounds lame. Like, you don't sound fun at all, you know, but instead. Oh, you I not if you say that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I love that. Hey, Alison, I think we're going to get a bit deeper into this. And also, we've mentioned SEO a couple of times, and I want to dive even deeper into that. But I think that would be perfect to say for our members' extended part of the podcast. We're going to wrap up part one now. We'll have uh, links to you and uh, everything that you offer for the free listeners. And I'm going to get you to also maybe tell them where they can go and what you offer and everything before we move on. But if you are a member of the club, you can continue listening to part two of this interview in the member zone. Don't forget, if you're not a member yet, you can join today. It's just $10 a month. Club membership includes loads of perks and bonus content like the rest of this interview. So head over to the thepetphotographersclub.com to find out more. And uh, just quickly, if you are looking for more website pointers, you can grab our uh, website design-free checklist at thepetphotographersclub.com slash website design checklist. The link to that will be in the show notes, along with links to Allison. Allison, maybe you can just, before we move along, give the listener a bit of an idea as to where when they would hire you, how, and uh, what options you, you offer for them.
2: Sure. So most of my clients come to me to overhaul their website copy. You know, most of them write quite well, but it's a bit like a robot and not very conversational and friendly. So it's just strictly like, hello, I am such and such, and I am a such and such photographer in Brisbane. And it's not very engaging. So they'll get me to overhaul their website, rewrite their copy, make it friendly, inject a bit of personality in there. I also do SEO blogs and keyword research. I love SEO. I'm a little bit of Addicted to it. So, I do have um, a free ultimate guide to blogging on my AllisonRightly.com website that you can download. And I also have an SEO blueprint and a blogging template that you can purchase at the shop. If you use the I Love Traffic, Code for the blueprint, you get it for half price. And I love SEO for the blogging template. You also get that for half price. It's basically a step by step guide to blogging with lots of tips on how to write keywords, that kind of thing. And the SEO blueprint is basically me doing all the research for you, finding lots of juicy keywords that you can rank for, giving you lots of headlines, and sending it back to you with instructions on how to blog.
0: Amazing. That sounds like a dream.
1: Wow, well, send one my way. <laughs> are we getting
0: on that shop <laughs> i had a giggle with you saying that you love seo because i think it's most of our worst nightmare so um awesome. we will have a link to all of those and also those discount codes that you mentioned as well if you've forgotten that or you're in the middle of driving or whatever just head over to the show notes it's the petphotographersclub.com forward slash podcast forward slash one one zero five